Timely, the podcast where three friends talk about random, fun topics from the past, the present, and the future. I am producer Jeff McCullough, and I'm doing the past segment, and we're going to be talking about things that happened with space programs throughout history that nobody knows about. You, you had me at space. You like space. I love space. It's fun. My name is John Stom, and for the present segment, we are going to be talking about domino effects, aka butterfly effects, or chain reactions from history that have and are currently impacting all of our lives. Okay. When you said dominoes, I was thinking about the game my grandma plays, but it's no. something different? <laughs> something different. Okay, okay. <laughs> Much cooler. And I am Danny Gula, and for the future segment, I am going to be discussing with you guys the different ways us, as in humanity, might change over the next few years. Traits we might lose, traits we might gain. People are going to look different in the future is what I'm getting at. Okay. I want to see what future humans look like. Me too. Future people. Before we jump into the past, we got to thank our sponsor, FAO Schwartz. Yeah, they uh, have an awesome new line of plush coming out for the holidays, and the upcoming holiday is Easter. Easter, Easter which is one of my favorite holidays because it's everybody feels warm and nice, and you go outside and spring. How do you, how do you hate spring? It's amazing, and we've got some delicious like family meals we do. But more importantly, I always loved getting Easter baskets on Easter morning. FAO Schwartz makes an awesome uh, couple lines, actually, of bunnies, like plush bunnies, which are really soft, really awesome. And one of them is really unique, called Cheers for Ears. Mm-hmm. They're spring cuddles. Ooh, you, you always think about cuddles. cuddling with things in the wintertime. These yeah. are spring cuddles. Yeah. yeah. It's like when, when, when the warmth of summer is right around the corner and you've been cold to the bone for okay. the past three months... Mm-hmm. These plush will bring spring cuddles. Yeah, nice. And, well, they have, like, one line is just your traditional Easter bunnies, but the other one, Cheers for Ears, which is really cool, is it's a bunch of different plushes of different styles that you might want after the Easter season, and they come with these cute little, like, wearable bunny ears, which kids can actually put on themselves, or, you know, maybe grown-ups with tiny heads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I got a big I, noggin, and I still got it on. I got a small head, so I could I could rock those. Yeah, you can find these uh, bunnies and other uh, awesome FAO Schwartz toys at Target. So check it out. Let's jump into the past. Let's go. Gentlemen. Welcome to the past. Mm, feels feels old. There's a lot going on in the present, space-wise. True. We just put a rover on Mars. Yeah. Oh man, that was exciting to watch. Stuck wasn't the it? landing. Yeah. Just that was stuck it. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and we have SpaceX doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S- recently, just stuck the landing as well. And then exploded eight minutes later. Yeah. yeah we were all excited about that one. It stuck yeah. the landing, and we left work excited. And then John texts us. Literally, I'm on my bike home, and he's like, "Yeah, it blew up. It just blew up on the launch pad." We are we're kind of nerds with rockets, especially me. I feel like I'm the biggest nerd. I kind of get these yeah, guys yeah. excited about it, but we we like to keep up with all the the news that's happening with um, future space travel. So. Space travel has been going on for a good part of 50, 60 years at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and putting human beings into the outer limits of our atmosphere and beyond. Yeah. And there are a lot of stories out there that I'm I'm running across because one story that just came out is somebody who worked for SpaceX as they were launching it is now writing a book. 
Um, by the way, no pun intended. Oh, you mean, you mean launching it, like when yeah, they started SpaceX? When they started SpaceX, okay. yeah. Because that so, was a very confusing way to word that. But they, they're probably a, part of their like new employee handbook is probably like, "Welcome to SpaceX. Your your career is just taking off. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Uh, we're gonna get you into your launch program. That's <laughs> right. what we call the training program. We're gonna bring your career into the stratosphere. Yeah. Su- suit up because we're gonna go zero gravity. Okay, first of all, Elon Musk is cooler than that. He yeah. he made the spacesuit look cool. He definitely doesn't have yeah. crappy yeah. training videos. So anyway, this this. Founding member, if you will, this this initial engineer for SpaceX is now writing this book about things that happened when SpaceX was starting, like uh, 20 years ago, right? Yep. Um, and it's amazing because there's this story that is now coming out that SpaceX was not doing well. They had done a few tests. They didn't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they had one more chance to test the Falcon 1 rocket. Is that what it's called, John? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. All right, so back in 2008, they were flying. Have you heard this story, by the no. way? It's, this is an amazing story. I cannot wait to tell it. They had to fly the Falcon 1 somewhere in the Pacific to test it, to okay. make it take off. Was that so it would land in water? Yeah, and that's just where they were doing things out okay. in, like, California, West Coast. They were yeah. doing stuff out in the Pacific Ocean. So as they were coming in for a landing, as they're transferring, all the engineers are on this plane with the Falcon 1 rocket on this giant, like, cargo plane that's taking it where it needs to go. They all of a sudden hear this loud pop. And the Falcon 1, as they're coming in for landing, is starting to implode. Oh, no. On the plane? On the, the pressure plane. was changing? And they were sitting next to it in the cargo area. There were, like, engineers sitting, like, in jump seats next to it. So they start freaking out because oh. the pressure, something's not right. And one of the engineers, whose last name is Dunn, he th- thought he could figure out what was going on if he could just crawl into the belly of the Falcon 1 while it's about to implode. Okay. okay. No, don't do that. Not my Don, first impulse. You're going to be done. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> so they get all of the engineers and everybody up in the front of the plane, and he has to crawl into the belly, and he, like, this other guy, they ba- I think they tied something to his legs. So, <laughs> so that like they if got, like, a tether? Like, if I scream, you need to pull me out. <sighs> So he starts crawling into the rocket and he said, humans aren't supposed to be in it. And again, this could implode at any minute. Yeah. And he thought that if he took a wrench in there, he could loosen a pressure valve in the fuel system because he thought that's what was going on. Thankfully, he was right. Oh, my goodness. So he loosens it and air starts to like regulate things and all that stuff. So then he signals to the other guy, you can pull me out. But he thought he's in distress. So he yanks him out and he's like getting banged up against the side of these like (laughs) pipes and hoses and all this stuff. He said by the time he got out, he was totally beat up. But he saved SpaceX and everybody on that flight. Well, yeah, because my goodness, I remember uh, reading things about how, yeah, those early days, they were very, very thin on money. I mean, even though they had Elon Musk, who was, you know, very rich. um, I mean, he didn't fund it himself. He he got investors. He he put a bunch of money into it. But I mean, still like, yeah, they just didn't have. It's too much money for one. Oh, yeah. Rockets are expensive. So they, yeah, this could have done them in. It could have done the men. It could be the end. See what I did there? I see what you did. Oh, done, done, done the men. Done. I, I went there. Yeah. Yep. We get some mileage out of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that just put me a little bit on a rabbit trail of other unknown like stories mm. about the space programs. Because there's multiple. Oh, now. yeah. yeah. You've fun. got the uh, the Russian space program, SpaceX. you got NASA. Yep. And within NASA, you had the little mini, like you had what are the, the Mercury and Saturn. Gemini. 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 Yeah, the whole slew. So what what I'm going to do now then is I'm going to tell you a bunch of mini stories. Just little kind of fun facts slash stories that a lot of people don't know about that have taken place in these various um, space programs. But I'm going to end with a doozy. Oh, Another oh. story just like this from the Russian 
space program that is just as mind-boggling and amazing as the story I just told you, okay? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I've heard some amazing Russian space program stories. Because like, if you want to think about our space program, and I've heard sometimes where you're like, oh, it was barely held together. The Russian ones, they were really... <laughs> you just wait. They were going for it. You just wait. All right, all right. All right, so here we go. This is a, this is a good story that's coming out of NASA. Um, when NASA finally put a uh, probe on Mars, it was like a, a lander on yeah. Mars, this is something that was just released recently. It was known within NASA. Three men from Yemen filed a lawsuit against NASA claiming that they inherited Mars 3,000 years ago from their ancestors. And they had to go through an entire court case to prove that these Yemen men did not own Mars. What? <laughs> Come on. I mean, I guess you could do that. Like, you... I guess you can sue somebody for anything, but like... If they could prove they have like some religious tie to it, I don't know. I've learned this recently that so much of the legal system is not like laws and stuff. It's has anybody tried? Has anybody ever tried to sue for this? And then they discuss it in court and determine if it's illegal or not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. The Yemeni's men lost. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. They did. Oh, yeah. that's surprising. Here's another good one. Um, in, uh, see, one with the space shuttles. John, you, you know a lot about NASA and space. The space shuttle started in the late, late 70s. Late 70s. I think the first launch might have been like 1980. But they were, by the time it got to the latter part of the space shuttle program in the early 2000s, yep. it was old technology. Yeah. It reached the point where um, they didn't have the parts they the parts that they needed to keep the space shuttle running were not being manufactured anymore. Uh -huh. And stories are coming out of NASA that is late. Uh, yeah, it's 2002. NASA was buying parts for the space shuttle on eBay. Oh, oh. no! Like they're going and buying like old parts that people are selling for souvenirs. Yes. Well, not just sell souvenirs, like just old mechanical and electronic parts that, that weren't. They, they made just don't anymore. make anymore. Yeah. Just like oh, this old like compressor or something that they needed yep oh my goodness yeah i mean i guess if it gets the you gotta job, do what that, you gotta do but, you gotta do but does that put a different spin on the fact uh, that uh, like columbia when was that that was 2003 yeah so is there something it's ebay's fault like maybe no i would say nasa don't buy your parts on ebay you're putting people in space you have any choice man they, they should have shut down the space I, that blows my mind like couldn't you just have somebody make it Maybe, maybe they didn't have the money. They were cutting funding by that point. I guess it is government programs like it's really tight. I've heard that's the difference between SpaceX and uh, NASA. Is like the when the astronauts, the government astronauts, go to work for SpaceX, they're like, "This is amazing. We can do whatever we want." This is a good one. Um, in 2006, NASA had to admit that they inadvertently taped over the moon landing. <laughs> what? <gasps> All of the NASA tapes of the Neil Armstrong first moon landing. Um, were taped over to save money because they didn't want to buy any more tapes. So <laughs> thankfully, CBS had some extra copies. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine that phone call from NASA to CBS? Like, hey, uh, <clears throat> hey uh, CBS, um, so, NASA uh, here. By chance, you want? Could you like go through your uh, your closet? There might be like, you got, like I'm, a, I'm just I'm calling for a friend. Just, I don't know. Just in case, just check and see if you got any moon landing tapes. Oh, you do. Okay, <laughs> good, good. I'm coming over right now. Yeah. Can we borrow those? Wow. I love this one. Stories are coming out of NASA that is part of their training program for some of their physicists, astrophysicists. Other scientific physicists. It is rumored that NASA, in order to train them, they make them watch Armageddon. 
the movie where Bruce Willis takes a ragtag team up to an asteroid that's going to hit Earth to blow it up. And what they are they are asked to do, the trainees are told to identify the scientific accuracies versus inaccuracies. Oh. Um, okay. All right. That's to, a good reason. To just, yeah, science hey, it. That kind of makes sense. It's just a sense. fun first day at work. Welcome to it's NASA. Kind of fun. Yeah. You can get ready to take off with your like, NASA. Your career is going to take off. NASA would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Elon sure. Musk wouldn't do that at SpaceX, but NASA would do that. I did almost the exact same thing when I worked at Best Buy. I would show everybody the Geek Squad training video because I was a training manager. Mm. And it and it didn't matter if they worked Geek Squad or not. It was just fun. It's um, not exactly the same. I mean, they're, they're sending people to space, and I was making sure people could sell TVs. As a trainee, I would be nervous that this was like in high school when you could tell your biology teacher just didn't feel like teaching that day. <laughs> yeah. So he'd come in and make you watch like Mighty Joe Young or something like you that. You know it's going to be like an easy day when they wheel in the <laughs> AV cart with the TV on it. All right, guys, just watch Armageddon and find out what the science versus non-science I've stuff. been told by teachers that they do that on days that they they stayed out too late the night before, like with their friends. That makes yeah. sense. That makes like, sense. Yeah, we, we, we stayed out too late having fun. Okay, so here's the next one. This is pretty cool. Um, when the Saturn V rocket was being tested and launched by NASA. That's a huge that's rocket. That's a giant, big old rocket. I think it's the biggest rocket ever, right? It will soon be passed by SpaceX's new rocket called so awesome. Super Heavy. Super Heavy? They didn't even try with that name. So. No, they don't need to, man. <laughs> like, what are we going to call that rocket? <sighs> it's heavy. Um, it's really it's heavy. Super heavy. Yeah, yeah that works. We're going to call it really heavy? No, mega heavy. What's the name of the boat that catches rockets that are falling out of the sky for SpaceX? Oh, it's got like a Mr. Steven. Mr. Steven. This is brilliant. I love well, that. That was named by the internet. At any rate, stories are coming out that when the first Saturn V rocket was launched, they did not factor in sound dampening. <gasps> and it caused a shockwave of sound that exceeded 220 decibels that was heard and felt three miles away, causing chandeliers to shake and dust to fall from the ceiling. And that was the only time. They think it's one of the loud, the loudest noises humans have ever made. That wow. makes sense. And yeah. since then, I didn't know this, but this is why when a rocket takes off, they douse hundreds of thousands of gallons onto the launch pad while it's taking off. I thought it was water. to keep things from catching on fire. What did I, did I not say? Yeah, yeah. Water. It doesn't... It's to it's to dampen the sound. Really? Huh. So, like... It breaks up the sound waves. Uh, maybe because it splashes up and, like... like well, they, they, like, with fire hoses, like, shoot down, so it, it hits the water. And yeah, that makes sound sense. doesn't travel through like water. sound dampeners. Yeah. yeah, it's like... I totally thought that was to prevent the fire, too. That Isn't it brilliant? makes a ton of sense. That's brilliant. Well, I mean, you'd think they were, like, rocket scientists. Like engineers over there or something. Yeah. something. Oh, <laughs> These last couple are my favorite. Um... Very few people know this, but as we know, in 1969, when the United States was trying to get to the moon, they were racing the Russians. And the Russians were putting up a valiant effort to try to get there as well. Yeah. Did you know that on July 18th, 1969, Buzz Aldrin done looked out his window on his way to the moon and saw coming in the opposite direction the Lunar 15 Soviet probe attempting to do science around the moon so they could get there before us. They like like two cars passing on the interstate. Are you kidding Buzz Aldrin's like, there's one of the Russian things. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> well, you do now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay, last one, guys. This is brilliant. All right. We owe a lot to the Russian space program because even though they, they were our competition during the space race, they they did a lot of trial and error for us. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, in 1965, the Soviets were the first to do a spacewalk. Yeah. Okay? Yep. It was supposed to be a 12-minute endeavor. It started off okay. Yeah, yeah. 
But then Alexei Leonov. Leonov. All right. He got a little too confident when he got out there. He's like, first guy floating in space, right? I mean, that's pretty Russian. Just like, hey, it's, it's like, I'll, uh, I'll be fine. I, that was, what was that? That was horrible. I couldn't even do that. I'll be fine. It's I, like it was like Irish. a weird Irish-Russian <laughs> guy. I was like, hang on, hang on. Let me get there. Um, da. Da. Zamba bougie. No, you got to do your wild, your wild <laughs> ideas thing. You have just to do the whole uh, in, in Russia. In Russia. You. Oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. That's close. <laughs> and all of a sudden, his suit started to blow up. Yeah. The people who designed the suit did not think of the vacuum of space, so he started to inflate like a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, <laughs> like the like the Blueberry Girl from from, uh, from Willy, Willy Wonka, Wonka, and was unable to maneuver himself. So he floats back to the docking, like to get into uh-huh. the spacecraft, and he had inflated so much he could not fit into the airlock. Yeah. So it had to hit a valve on his spacesuit. To release the pressure to get it to go down, which causes such an extreme pressure differential, the heat in his suit started going up, yep. and um, he started to get the bends, which is not good. No. Finally got into the airlock, couldn't get the airlock closed, <laughs> so this 12-minute airlock ends up going 20 minutes. By the time he got the suit off, he had almost had heat stroke. Um, they're like, okay, let's... Let's get out of here. Yeah. Let's go back to Earth. Let's pretend this never happened. That's what I would do. That added some time to their trip. It took them a minute to like get settled, get back in his seat. So they're like, let's re-enter and and just get back to the mother Russia. Have Have a little swig of vodka. The problem is at that point, for whatever reason, they had they had missed their re-entry window and the automated re-entry system wouldn't fire. So they had to do a manual re-entry. Of course. Um, which put the Voskhod 2 spacecraft about 400 kilometers off track. So they come flying in. <laughs> just a bunch of Russians, just like red hot. No! Come, coming in hot. And um, we're coming in hot. No, that, rumor was, that, was German. that was German. That's <laughs> uh, good. No, it's German again. Yeah. Hang on, we'll it's hard to do it. So. It's hard to do it. We need to land the spacecraft. Yeah, we need, we're coming in hot. Yeah. In, in communist Russia, Earth lands you. So okay. they eventually land 400 kilometers off their target. In, yeah, in like Siberia, right? It was in a snowy forest in the Ural Mountains, and no one in ground control knew where they were. Oh, no. So they radioed, and they were like, okay, we think we know where you are, and we'll come get you. But there was such a thick forest, they had to stay overnight. Rumor has it they had to chop wood and fight off wolves. Yep. Uh, in the then 23-degree heat or cold, their heating system failed. Eventually, choppers got there. They had to ski to them to get them. And th- as funny as this is, this is actually what put the Soviets so far behind, they would never be able to catch the Americans in the space race again because of all those setbacks. All those hang-ups. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they actually had firearms on them. Um, they did. Yeah, right. like, yeah. Th- this is a fascinating story. Uh, if you've ever seen uh, Drunk History, they do a really good... Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. They do a really good story of that. <laughs> and you can imagine like their production style. <laughs> now we're going to fight off the wolves. <laughs> it was so good. I feel like that would make a really good movie. I yeah, I, it probably has been in Russia. It's it, might be a, it. it might be a comedy, but it's a movie. It I bet is. those are heroes, though, in Russia. Like, that's funny to True. us because we're thinking, like, we think of it in, like, all this, the problems. Yeah, this space race thing and us thinking of, like, our stereotype of communist Russia in, 
like in the Cold War of them being like all rugged and like kind of just rough around the edges. Like so we can think of these stereotypes doing this and being hilarious. But for them, they're probably like these are the bravest heroes we have. Oh, yeah. No, they were totally celebrated. The problem is the general public didn't realize that that was such a technically it was a failure. They got the spacesuit wrong. They got the capsule wrong. Because another thing I didn't tell you when they were trying to reenter, they couldn't dislodge the like control module from the thing they were supposed to jettison before coming in. It was a total disaster. Yeah. They ended up uh, decommissioning that whole spacecraft. And having to start from scratch. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, they, they were ahead of us. I mean, they were the first people in space. I think they were the first people to orbit, maybe. Oh, they were killing Well, the it. Soyuz um, spacecraft that, that came yeah. after that is considered the best long-term spacecraft that humans have built yet. They still launch it. They still yeah. use it. Well, and uh, Sputnik beat us to space. That's like, what, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it, yeah they, they did that a bunch, so. I think SpaceX, though, I, I think I think they're, they're probably doing it better. Yeah. Don't yeah, you think? I think so. I think so. Speaking of the present, do you guys want to go there? Let's let's go to the present. Okay, let's do it. Let's go. All right, guys. Welcome to the now. Ooh, the present. It is now. Present day, present time. That's the same joke every time. I gotta come up with new jokes, man. Feels like today. <laughs> uh, it looks the same. Okay. Well, anyways, in today, the present time, the present segment of this podcast, we are gonna be talking about famous domino effects that yeah. have changed your life, all of our lives. Okay. Now, and we're not talking about the pizza company. No, uh, we're not talking about Domino's Pizza. Okay. And we're also not talking about the X Men. The domino effect um, refers to you know a decision or an event. That leads to another one. That leads to another event or another chain decision. reaction. It's a chain reaction to something that wouldn't have maybe otherwise happened had it not been for that first event. Okay, so also known as the like the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most famously, I would say in the past, a famous domino effect is the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, which yeah, yeah. led to World War One. Mm-hmm. That is a very um, famous one. That would be a past domino effect, right? Yep, yep. Because both uh, Ferdinand and World War One in the past. I have done a little research and found some domino effects from that that started in the past that have led up to something that's um, currently affecting us. Yeah. Okay, I'm into this. Cool. Guys, this is the present tense. This is awesome. Yeah. You guys, ready? I love that you're not on TikTok too too much because like this is currently like a thing going on TikTok at least on my yeah. my feed and I I love these things right now so I'm really excited. This is the thing actually I was gonna refer to that too because yeah I know this is the thing on TikTok right now it's sort of um, a trending topic people talking about famous domino effects so thought this was really interesting. Um, what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the thing that's happening now, and then we're gonna go back. We're working our way back. Yeah, okay. we're gonna we're gonna go backwards in the dominoes. Okay. Oh, I like this. Okay. okay. So we're gonna have to we're gonna see what's happening and then see what caused it. That's right. Yes. All right. Let's, let's kick this off. We've got okay. three domino effects to do. First one. Who is the president of the United States right now? Oh. Joe Biden. Uh, well, if you believe that. Okay. All what? right. We're not gonna go into <laughs> Don't conspiracy even joke like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, these are not gonna be conspiracy domino effects. <laughs> yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is our president. Okay, so what is one of the biggest reasons why um, Joe Biden is currently our president? I think one could argue he's a former vice president of the United States of America. Uh, I would, yeah, argue that. Okay. Um, uh, well, that's what we're gonna go with. That was the right answer. Okay. So we're, we don't really care. What I mean, there's we're a lot of reasons. <laughs> there are a lot of reasons. I'm not saying Joe Biden's only the president because of Barack Obama, but a yeah. big reason why. Um, he is the president now is because he was a, a, a successful vice president. Yeah. Okay. So he was a VP for Obama. Now, President Obama seemingly came out of nowhere on the political stage. Um, you know, in 2008, when he was elected president, people were like, who's this guy? He's this young young guy who gets elected president. Like, where did he come from? Okay. So before 
Barack Obama was elected president in 2008. So remember, we're going backwards here. He was a senator here in our home state of Illinois. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was a U.S. senator um, in 2004 is when he was elected. Yep. So in 2004, how did he get elected to the Senate? Like, where did where did he come from? Well, he ran. He, he ran. He yeah. ran for the Senate. Yeah. That's, that's what happens okay. when, you, when you. Yeah. So how did he win the Senate? Well, yeah. the Republicans. So Barack Obama was a Democrat. But the Republican that he defeated was only kind of thrown in there at the last minute um, to try to race against Obama. Um, and he lost because it, it wasn't there wasn't enough time. And he just yeah, it was yeah. sort of like this token opposition to Obama. Obama mm-hmm. was like racing against this Republican. The main he guy dropped that, yeah. out. They threw in another guy and he lost to Obama. OK, so Obama became senator. Now, that guy that dropped out, that's where it gets interesting. Yeah. Who was that guy? I don't remember his name. It was Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. But not the Jack Ryan we're all famous. No, we all know. Not Jim from The Office, Jack Ryan. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if this was like one of those crazy domino videos, like uh-huh. that would be like a splinter off. Like, yeah, yeah. Not that Jack Ryan, but that Jack Ryan is interesting because yeah. it's like a whole different thing. Tom this, Clancy is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, not Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan. This is a, a Republican, um, you know, guy who's running for, for Senate in the United States um, in Illinois named Jack Ryan. He dropped out. Now, why did he drop out? He dropped out because there were um, all these details coming out about his, his private life. He just recently... Scandal. Scandalous. Scandalous. He had recently gotten divorced. Um, all this stuff was coming out. He was in court. You can't be a senator if you were recently divorced. Well, I think it was more than that. It wasn't just like that he was divorced. But oh, it was he how w- he got divorced. Well, he, he was divorced, but then there was all this stuff about like allegations about things. We don't need to get into Spill the details. Spill the tea, John. I don't really know the tea. <laughs> there was some tea. Let's just say that. Okay. Stuff came out. He got like just, you know, canceled, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, and so why um, was he divorced? Who was he married to? Anybody uh, know? No, I don't. He, Jack Ryan was married to a woman named Jerry Ryan. The actress. Star Trek. The actress. Jerry Ryan. Oh, now, Jerry Ryan um, was, she, she was an actress who played um, Seven of Nine on, that's the character's name, yeah, yeah. Seven of Nine. It's a very popular character. I don't know much about Star Trek, but I know that's a very popular character. Yeah, so Star Trek Voyager was the TV series that she played this character on. Now, she got brought in to play that character because Star Trek Voyager was, like, failing in the ratings. Like, it was not doing well. Oh, and they thought she could boost it. Yeah, so basically, because Star Trek Voyager was doing so poorly... Joe Biden is our president. Well, that makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. If Star Trek Voyager was a better show, <laughs> then Jerry Ryan wouldn't have had to be brought on. She wouldn't have so gotten going, divorced. I should make the the distinction that she got brought on to Star Trek, and that caused her to be so busy that it caused her. some problems in her marriage. Oh, yeah. so she Star Trek hires this actress yep. who gets really busy, which causes a marital strain with her husband Jack Ryan. He's got to drop out of the race. Who gets involved in a scandal who drops out of a race. That means Barack Obama runs for that seat. And pretty much wins and it. And then wins it and then Joe Biden. Becomes president. Mm. Joe Man. Biden. Point is, Star Trek is responsible for Joe Biden. That's exactly what got I'm it. saying. Yeah, okay. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's no other reason No for, other explanation. No. No. Yeah. Got it. So Joe, if you're listening or watching, um, just you know, thank Star Trek. You have Gene Roddenberry to thank. Better be a, a fan. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Domino effect number two. All right. We are currently live streaming on YouTube, right? This Correct. is mm-hmm. this is live on YouTube as you're watching us right now. If you're listening to us on the podcast, then you should know that we are live streaming on YouTube. Now, that's about as present tense as it gets. It is. That's like right <laughs> that's, now. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's right now. Okay. And and now. So we're going that's right. And it's, right now. And currently going on. Okay. That's true. So again, we're going backwards in these domino effects, okay? So one step back, why are we live streaming on YouTube? Well, that's because we have a YouTube channel. 
called Randomonium, where we make videos. Um, we Why do we have that channel? Well, because we have this career, we've had this career mm -hmm. on YouTube, um, where we previously made videos at That19 for yeah. many years. Um, and so we've been making videos on YouTube for a long time, okay? The first video, just fun fact, first video that I ever made um, professionally uploaded to YouTube was in 2008. I want to say it was probably August of 2008. That's early YouTube. That's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. It's OG. Now, in the summer of 2006, stay with us, we're going backwards, YouTube, um, do you remember, summer of 2006, we were in college, mm -hmm. do you remember, like, YouTube was new, and um, there was also this thing called Google Video. Oh, yeah, I remember pulling them both up, because you'd be like, ah, Google Video's got more, like, because you would, you would be able to see when there was a new video on each of them. That's what I was going to talk about. There was, like, there was a thing called Google Video back in the day. It was mm -hmm. before Google owned YouTube. Yeah, they were now, separate. You probably separate, know right? that now Google owns YouTube. But back in the day, they were separate. They were competitors. And there were so few uploads. I remember being in college, sitting at the computer, and just being so bored one summer that we would hit the refresh button on you know, YouTube or Google Video. And they'd be like, oh, hey, guys, there's, there's a new video there. Somebody put up a new video. Now there's like... I don't know. A it's thousand, unbelievable. You couldn't watch it. A thousand new videos every second uploaded right. to YouTube. I don't right. even know what it is. I bet you it's more than that. It's insane. Yeah. Okay. So keep going back. Okay. What's the first video ever uploaded to YouTube? Do you know? It was the guy uh, at the zoo or at the zoo. Like Me it, at the zoo. Me at the zoo. Yeah, yeah. Name of the first video ever uploaded to YouTube is called Me at the Zoo. Makes a little off-color joke. It's from 2005. Yeah. And the guy, do you know who the guy is? He was one of the pro or like the friend. The, there were two friends that started, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was yeah. a couple guys who started YouTube, and uh, so it was one of the developers, one of the um, you know programmers, mm -hmm. one of the guys that's starting up YouTube. Um, he uploads this video, it's just sort of almost like a test. Like, let me just see if I can throw this up there and see what happens. We'll interact with it. Yeah. That became the first video. It's still up there. You can find it. Um, now that guy was one of you know, like you said, a couple friends who were employees at PayPal. They all worked at PayPal when they had the idea for YouTube and they worked on YouTube for a Did little... they work with Elon Musk? Didn't he work at PayPal? Uh, he founded PayPal. He... Right? That's a good question. I don't know that he actually founded it. I think he... I'm putting a new domino in the domino effect. <laughs> he was somewhere I involved I think he might have founded it. Okay. He actually didn't found Tesla. That's what it is. Okay. He's not the founder of Tesla. Okay. He just... He, he's the CEO of Tesla. Okay. CEO. Anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah. They're so at PayPal. These guys who worked at YouTube had this idea for YouTube when something happened in the world, big major event, and they were like, okay, I'm going to try to go on the internet. Again, this is like 2004, 2005. They want to get on the internet and find this video. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think I've heard this. Yep, yep. That event that they were looking for, they couldn't, first of all, they couldn't find the video clip. And they were like, why can't I find this? Something should exist where we can just search for videos and find these clips. Thus, YouTube was born. Yeah. But take a step back. That event that inspired them. I know this. Um was the 2004 Super, Super Bowl, Bowl halftime show yeah, with the, Justin the Timberlake. Snafu, the, the wardrobe snafu of the century. The wardrobe malfunction with Janet Jackson. That's yeah. right. You know, tri trivia, I've, n I've never seen that. Like, I wasn't I wasn't able to watch that Super Bowl, and I've, I've seen most Super Bowls. Well, you know where you can find that clip? YouTube. So are you saying that Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson are responsible for us doing our podcast, our live stream right now? The reason we're live streaming right now is because... because of, thank you to Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's helped this li uh, live stream happen that we're doing right now. Just switch it was under different circumstances. I wish it was too. We could probably go back one more domino. Effect. We, we could just call it. Like, just kind of you know what? Let's just call yeah. it. We'll 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 go all the way back to when they merged the two leagues and started the NFL <laughs> and started the Super Bowl in the mid '60s. Thank you, Vince Lombardi. There we go. <laughs> Vince Lombardi is the reason we are streaming right now. That's weird. Okay, you got one more. I got one more. One all right, more. Let's do it. Okay, this one is the. Um, the culmination of all these things, okay? So we're still in the present tense. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you about something that's happening. We're going to go follow the dominoes backwards. All right. 
Are you guys familiar with the artist who is currently on the Billboard Hot 100 named Machine Gun Kelly? I am. Yes. He, he is dating Miss um, Megan Fox still, right? I didn't know that. I think, or did they break up? Does anybody know I this? I think they're together. They're together. I yeah. think that's, they're like one of the new hot couples. Okay, well, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. Turned into Jiminy Glick. <laughs> one of the new hot couples. They're really impressive. Sorry, <laughs> What's your beef with Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> well, Machine Gun Kelly has two songs actually right now on the Hot 100. So he's, he's um, you know, all the rage right now. He's the thing. He's the thing. He's the yeah. thing. No, he's primarily a rapper. Um, I actually don't really listen to a, a lot of MGK, but um, I know of him and like, you know, doing yeah. research and stuff. He's primarily a rapper, but he's also got a lot of, you know what other influence he has a lot of? I mean, he looks like... Like based on his name and all that other stuff, he looks like a, just like a metal like rock guy. Okay, close. Like he looks like I, I thought Rap he looked core, like a punk really. rocker. Okay, yeah. now we're getting somewhere. Okay, you know who's actually side note? Do you know who his drummer is currently? Probably Travis Barker. Travis Barker. No kidding. Yep. How about that? Travis Barker, who is you know famously Blink 182's drummer, so and famously loves hip hop. Yeah. So famously survived a plane crash. He's a very famous guy. Famously a vegan. Really? He is. Continue. Okay. So MGK. Famous rapper who's also heavily influenced by pop punk, which is a really interesting uh, combination of genres there. Yeah. Now, one of the pop punk influences that is strongest on him, want to take a guess? Uh, Danny, you're better at pop punk than me. Pop punk? Now, I'm, I will say, this is like emo pop punk. This is a little bit after our day. Of, a little bit after our day? So not um, Dashboard? Not Dashboard That's special. Not not, I don't even know yeah, what do that is. People emo. don't consider My Chemical Romance punk. That you're, get, you're getting in the right era. Um, Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fallout Boy, huge influence on Machine Gun Kelly. Um, now, the most famous member of Fallout Boy, do you know his name? You'd probably recognize the dude. Again, this is like a little bit after um, when we were into this kind of music. Yeah. So um, I was never really into Fallout Boy, but huh. you'd recognize the guy. He looks, yeah, he's, say his name. He looks like the Fallout Boy. Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know him. I, I sound like a geezer when Brandon I say that. Something? His name is Pete Wentz. Pete Wentz. Okay. That's what it is. Pete. He's the bassist, actually, but he's probably the most famous one. He's also the lyricist. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, Pete Wentz, famous member of Fall Out Boy. Um, well, he was making music in... So, I, he, he was actually born in 1979 because he, um, he was making music... Young. <laughs> just a young man. <laughs> he was making music in the Chicago area uh, where he grew up in like the 90s and early 2000s before Fall Out Boy totally blew up. Okay, so Pete Wentz was born in... We're going backwards, right? Okay. Pete Wentz is born in 1979. We're going to keep going back. Pete Wentz's parents, um, they hit it off a few years before old Pete was born. Okay. Right? Yeah. You know where they met? A political rally. Oh. Okay. Because they were um, they were staffers like for Jack a campaign. Ryan. What? Jack Ryan. That would be amazing. 70s, that would be amazing. 70s. They were staffers for a campaign for none other than Joe Biden. Oh. What, was it a... Was or it his Senate run. Senate run. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> Joe Biden running for Senate is responsible for America's sweetheart, Megan Fox, getting together with the other America's sweetheart, Machine Gun Kelly? Uh, some of that is way wrong. I would take out the America's sweetheart Okay, parts, those people? Yes. Okay. Joe Biden's Senate run <laughs> is responsible for huh. Fall Out Boy and Machine Gun Kelly and, like, uh, Katy Perry and like a bunch of oh other people who are inspired by Fall Out Boy. Holy hmm. moly! And that's a lot of people. Fall Out Boy, huge. Parents I mean, met. not not for us, but yeah, other people. Parents huh. met at his rally. Holy! They they just, they weren't were they staffers? Would you say they were? I think they met. Uh, they just I met at the rally. Wrong. I think. Well, they were they worked for his campaign. Okay. Okay. I don't know which one came first, but 
See, now I'm trying to line up all three of these dominoes yeah. together. I try I mean, to do that. I try to do that too. Because <laughs> like then if you like then go back like to Joe Biden and the, the thing and then it, then you go the other way to Star Trek. Well, we're, and we're, you can say the failure of the Articles of the Confederation are the reason we have Fallout Boy. You know okay. that GIF where there's like math equations like flying yeah. through this? That's what's happening. Yeah, now. beautiful yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Pretty mind-blowing. Pretty mind-blowing. Holy moly. So what's kind of cool is that you can trace a lot of things um, you know, back pretty far. I want to know where that all-important domino of Joe Biden mm-hmm. is falling into the future mm. to the oh. next butterfly effect, domino effect thing. I mean, that was a... That was a pretty solid transition into my topic. I think I mean, we it has just, nothing to do with it, but I liked it. Let's let's pretend it does and go right into the future. Yes. Go to the future. Right, let's go. All right, guys, welcome to the future, and I want to get you guys thinking about ourselves, humanity, and what we might look like, how we might be different in the future. And we touched on this a little bit in the last podcast. Maybe longer beards. You guys might have heard uh, that redheads are going to disappear. Which is a bummer because my wife is a redhead. Now, is that because redheadedness is a recessive trait? Redheadedness is a recessive trait, and it, it like there has been some studies that have shown it's been on the decline, but that's actually a misconception. Because the only way redheads disappear, even if it's a recessive trait, is if all of them just stop procreating. Okay. okay. All of them. Anybody who's got that recessive gene just stops it. So as long as it's in the gene pool, it's possible. Yeah, it might come and go, but it's 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 not gonna um it, it's not gonna go away like completely. It'll they'll still be around. They might okay. get more rare, you know, but but they'll still be here. Okay. Um there's another common thing that people talk about. Uh, they, they think we're going to get less intelligent as time goes on because uh, because natural selection isn't happening the same anymore with humans, and we don't necessarily choose for the smartest. And sometimes uh, what has been shown actually is um, people who scale lower on the intelligence ratings have more kids. People who scale higher have less kids. So you, the movie Idiocracy, we're all familiar with. The whole plot is that humanity just gets more and more... Uh, well, it gets less and less intelligent. I love that movie because the president's name is like Herbert Camacho Mountain Dew like Alonzo Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Mountain Dew's in there. Yeah, his yeah, name is. It's like his <laughs> name is sponsored. It's one of those movies that like I watch and I'm like, this isn't good. And then I sit back and think about it. I'm like, that was brilliant. I love that movie. It's like funny because it's true. Yeah. But that's actually a misconception. Um, our brains are shrinking, though. That is one thing that might change, that our brains might shrink. But it's not due to intelligence. It's due to the fact that we're living in a more peaceful society. Oh. So if you you can make an easy comparison to uh, domesticated animals. Domesticated versions of their wild counterparts typically have smaller brains. So the more stress you're under, the bigger your brain is going to be for whatever reason? Kind of, okay. because you rely on your community for survival, less on you having to figure everything out. It's a communal thing. So because oh. your brain doesn't have to do as much work, it doesn't require as much brain power, but it doesn't mean you're getting less smart. You can still maintain your intelligence even if your brain is smaller. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's a really fascinating one. I was like, oh yeah, I've heard that one before. That's a common rumor. And then we hear things about uh, ADHD, Tourette's, autism are on the increase. So that's happening for some reason. That's going to be more and more common, but that's also a misconception because it's really just that we understand these things a lot more. Okay. So more people are being diagnosed. Is They were always here. Sure. Right? 
but we just didn't know how to diagnose. Yeah, it. people just used to say like, oh, that person's weird, or mm-hmm. that person's like different. Yeah, right. but now we know like there's a medical thing going on. Right. Yeah. So can you guys think of anything else that might be like a thing you've heard that we're gonna lose in the future? That we're gonna lose? That we don't need anymore? Like our bodies, like physiological, yeah, physiological bodies. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I feel like I mean I'm just thinking recessive traits, but like blue eyes, blonde hair, mm-hmm. those are things I feel like go away. Like in, in theory, if yeah. they're recessive. Um, the the big common one is our is our appendix. Yeah, right? like, which I don't have one. You don't have one. I don't. Good for you. I was born with one. You were born with one. But it almost ruptured 10 years ago. Yeah. And they had to cut it out of me. Yeah. That was brutal too, wasn't it? It was not fun. It wasn't fun at all. My wife yeah. went through that too. Not fun. Yeah, yeah. and we, I think we've all had our wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah. Not everybody has wisdom teeth. It's becoming less and less common. Yeah, well, those need to go away. Yeah, so the, the assumption is, is that these kinds of things will go away, but again, it may not because we don't we don't live out in nature in the same way that animals go. So like as these things did start to disappear... Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go away. So a common one people talk about is body hair. Like we've become less and less hairy, but we may or may not become less or le- less. Because hairy we're in a cli- more climate controlled setting most of the time. Yeah, because we don't. Yeah, we don't need the body hair right, for, okay. for lots of things. We have clothes. We have all kinds of things. But the reason we choose our spouses, our mates, is for different reasons. There's physical attraction. There's love. There's all kinds of things. So, so like body hair can could in theory go in and out of humanity as it becomes more or less popular with the you know the opposite sex. By the way, did you know that humans have more body hair than monkeys? What? It's true. I saw that at the Field Museum in Chicago when I was a kid, and it blew my mind. Like per square foot? Like, we have so many little micro little thingy hair right. things on us that we have more than, yeah, monkeys. Oh, I, that makes sense. Yeah, well, we, we have those for a purpose, too, and we'll get we'll get to those in a little bit, too, because okay. I want to talk about those little hairs. Okay. Um, but the big thing I want to get is this happens more quickly than, than we would think. Like, we would think, like, oh, as humans, quote, unquote, evolve. Like, this is a form of... Uh, they call it microevolution. It doesn't mean we're we're going to become some space race that can breathe underwater and in space. Like, right, right. We're just talking about changes within yeah. our species. Um, the as an example, the indigenous Tibetans okay. can cre- can transfer more oxygen within their blood than we can because they have lived higher altitude, higher altitude with less yeah. oxygen, ah, and that's happened. They think as recently as three thousand years. Okay, which is really recent. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Relatively speaking, yeah. So other things about that, we talk about body hair going on, but mm-hmm. what happens when like you get a chill or you get goosebumps? Uh, you get goosebumps or goose pimples or whatever you want to call. I them. think the, I think they should be called goosebumps. Yeah, I've never like goose pimples. Who I don't the heck? Like goose who yeah. calls them goose pimples? Um, oh, just, a lot of people. When I had seen it in the articles yeah, that yeah. I was reading about this, they didn't call it that. They called it goose skin or goose, goose flesh skin, or chicken skin. I've heard yeah. chicken skin. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, think about when you see animals do that. What were they? What are they trying to do when their body hair does? Oh yeah, like my cat when I my cat it's trying to look bigger yeah they try to get bigger so our body still does that oh interesting but we have these tiny little hairs that people don't see so it doesn't matter anymore so that's why that's that trait they think will go away Hmm. because it serves zero purpose anymore Hmm. absolutely zero purpose which is interesting i think really cool this one blows my mind toes might disappear i was thinking about that when you asked like do they do they serve a purpose that's the question. Toes might disappear. Why do you think toes might disappear? I mean, I understand they help us right now based on the, the length of our feet and all that mm-hmm. stuff or balance and all that, but do you need the, the member, the different appendages? Right. You yeah. 100% don't. Should, I mean, could we have uh, like Barbie or Ken feet? You know how their yeah, feet yeah. are just kind of squared off? It's well, like one, one little flapper down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the theory is that they'll kind of like, they'll still be in there kind of like a whale fin has some toes right. in there somewhere. Or, uh, Meta- some metacarpals, yeah. metatarsals. They kind of just bl- blend together. The reason being is, is we have changed our stride. We rely less on our toes to walk because of shoes and all kinds of things and how we move. So our, our huh. feet 
uh, the way we impact the ground has moved further and further back on our feet, requiring our toes less for balance and, and movement. So mm. as we as we get older, we might see less toes. Let's cut your toes off and see if you miss them. Yeah. I still walk with them. Okay. Uh, these are future people, not okay. us. Okay. What would he do with his toe rings? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little known fact. I have a lot of toe rings. Big toe ring guy. Uh, some of these are things that I didn't know we still had. Like, uh, we've heard of, uh, you might have heard of paranasal sinuses. There's like a whole bunch of sinus cavities. It pretty much just gets you sick. They think those they might go away. They get you sick or they get infected they get a lot? Infected and okay. They get and you get sick from them. Yeah. And we don't Really don't know really... exactly why we have them, so they're like they'll probably disappear. But uh-huh. this one I didn't think about. Our third eyelids. Did you know you have a third third eyelid? Nope. I thought I had. I didn't know I had a second one. Nope. We all have three. You can see them right now. What? Yep. It's this little thing on the corner of your eye that looks kind of like when you look on the side of your eye. It's it's this little thing. So wait, this thing right here? This little thing on the inside of your eyes. It's yeah, considered yeah. a lid. So it's, it's like bottom lid is one and top lid. Yeah. Are you talking like one, two, okay. and then the third one in the middle? The, that eyelid originally would have served a purpose to clean your eyes. John, look at me. Look at your third eyelid. Blink. It's it's just that little flap of skin right there. Just a little pink. Just that little pink of skin huh. that you put eye drops on when you're, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. when you need to do eye drops. Okay. Um it would have been like if you've seen animals where they like sometimes they'll blink that to clean their eyes off or they'll block water. Like it's the same. I was thinking of it was like men in black or something like that, where there's somebody who blinks like horizontal and vertical. There's like multiple layers yeah. of blinking. Yeah. But think about that. That's a trait we still have, serves zero purpose. So it's very possible that in the future that those eyelids will go away and our eyes will change just a little bit. Now, there's a theory that our eyes are going to get bigger, too, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to have bigger eyes. But I just, Yeah, we're going to be mole people. Huh. I think that we, we yeah, have right. eyelids. So, the Society of Mole People. We've all established that. Well, mole people would have uh, smaller eyes, actually. Their eyes would disappear. I, we've, that's debatable. We've, that's we've not talked debatable. about that's this. That's how that works. This Look is, at things that live in the darkness. They have no eyes. They need guys, bigger eyes to see. We've, we've tread this ground before. We have. Sorry. We've okay. dug this hole before through the <laughs> underground. <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. Uh, this is one uh, really amazing one. Heart attacks. <laughs> may just go away. We don't need heart attacks. We don't anymore. need heart attacks. <laughs> totally anymore. useless. That one actually makes the most sense from an evolutionary standpoint. So weird. What is the number one killer in America? Well, heart attacks, heart disease, and heart disease, and and so it's tied to lifestyle. I would imagine. Yes, yeah, well, it's tied to lifestyle. But the main point is being is it kills more people than anything else. Okay. So as it kills more people, people who are less prone to heart attacks will keep surviving. You kind of flip the script a little bit there, though, for a second, because first we we're talking about things we have that we will not need in the future, right. but this is like we don't need heart attacks. Right. But it's going to kill will, everybody th- off. That's basically. like a true, like you can see that yeah, yeah. still functioning in a traditional evolutionary way, natural selection. Well, I have heard people d- explain why there's such an increase in dementia and Alzheimer's is because mm-hmm. we do better at treating people's hearts yeah, yeah. and li- allowing them to live longer. So we're actually seeing what happens when more people live to advanced age, which the brain has issues. Yeah. And we uh, we are a unique creature to have heart attacks too. When I was going through this and reading about that, like, interesting thought. There's not many like we, it, there's a there's a weird mutation that they can go back to, and I didn't get too deep into that because huh. it wasn't really my topic. But I might touch that in another another day. So another thing that I think is really interesting is we. Uh, I'm trying to think about how to word this because this was a really confusing concept for me. But the, it's the, just the general concept of disease resistance, like mm-hmm. what we're gonna be. Um, we're, we're not necessarily gonna lose our disease resistance, but we will lose our tendency for some diseases. And this happens a lot in, in history. Like there's a, there's a lot of diseases that we, we've either by ourselves uh, eliminated and or, or like it just kind of happened naturally. And this is really interesting to talk about now because we are trying to do that actively, like build up into resistance artificially to a virus going on right now. Um, and there's a lot of those that we're actually gonna lose just because of nature of, again, just similar to the heart attack thing, the people who aren't resistant to these diseases 
will die, um, unfortunately, but the, their their offspring will survive because it, it's it's you got to kind of get through like how that and that's similar to what I remember a biology teacher telling me this about the they talked about the Spanish flu, which a lot of us are really familiar with now because of the pandemic and it's kind of the most recent direct comparison. And he's like, yeah, uh, the flu was a really big deal for a lot of people, and it's not a big deal for you guys because all of your ancestors survived the Spanish flu. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was wondering, like, because I heard that flu and cold was like mm-hmm. at an all-time low this winter because we were all yeah, quarantining, yeah. wearing masks, and just being conscious because of COVID, obviously. Um, and I was thinking, I th- feel like we've even talked about this before, like, should we keep doing this? Should we keep, like, should we stop shaking hands with everybody? And should we keep wearing masks and all that just to keep like cold and flu numbers after down? After the pandemic. But then I was thinking, but is is that bad? Like, does that mean go forward a generation or two? In the same way that, like, if you find indigenous people who have not had any contact with the outside world, who then are in contact with people and it, like, wipes them all out, isn't it, is it good that we keep getting sick so our immune system kind of keeps yeah. up with the viruses and infections that are out there? It's, I don't know. It's a good thing you brought that up because, like, one of the big reasons that they talk about all these possibilities and the reason that a lot of these are kind of big question marks, like, we could lose this, we might lose this, and there's debate on all this, is because as humans and the nature of the culture we lived in, we've lived in, um, we've changed the way in which we procreate. So it's a little bit, they call it, they actually have a term for it. I, and I, I was, when we were discussing this yesterday, John, um, uh, I, I was trying to figure out what the term was and I figured out it was called, they call it unnatural selection. Just some way in which we choose our spouse, we have offspring, it has nothing to do with survivability or anything whatsoever. People who have um, diseases that would have in the past kept people from surviving to have offspring now live full, long lives and these things can stick around. But to your point, is that a bad thing? Probably not because of globalization. Because globalization is one of the big reasons this has happened. Like we've completely changed how we were as people because instead of being isolated tribes or isolated groups living in areas, Mm -hmm. like circling around traits for our specific areas, we are a global society now. Actually be to our benefit because everybody across, across the globe is getting this disease. Where if you think about if this pandemic happened in, uh, let's say 1300, it wouldn't have been a pandemic. It would have been an epidemic. It wouldn't have gone across oh, continents. It would have stayed where it was. Right, right. And it and that way, it would have stayed as a small disease in one area. And that's when you have those people move across to a new nation or new co- continent where people have never even experienced it. Sure. And it just that makes sense. Destroys yeah. the communities. But we're a global community, so we want everybody to get it. We want that herd immunity. But it's it's interesting to think about who knows the diseases that are going to kind of disappear just because we are able yeah. to make them go away and. But it's interesting to think about, like, we won't have those disease resistances anymore. So what does that look like as future humans move on? Are there going to be new diseases? I mean, bacteria, I think, always evolve, right? I do have to say, I did not enjoy having COVID, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy going this season without getting without getting the cold or flu. Oh, my goodness. That was that nice. That was amazing, right? Yeah. I didn't get one bad cold or flu this year. I had, like, yeah. a couple minor ones. And I ironically had one right before COVID that was just the, one of the worst flus I've ever had. Guys. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe I'm was sorry COVID. I exposed you to COVID. That's okay. That's okay. I didn't that. get it from you. So it was an accident. An accident. I didn't do it on purpose. It happens. We I were, wasn't like, oh, I think I have COVID. I'm going to go give it to John and Dave. Hey, make- we were doing our best to be safe, and we yeah. had a small circle. We and it and it happens. It like happens. The, I think the point that somebody made once is you're not trying to keep every like. There's no way you can keep yourself from having a 100% exposure. We're all trying to limit it, and we're trying to bring it down so we can save the most people and cure this disease. You know what? I hope I never uh, gain an immunity to friendships. The enjoyment I have from listening to this podcast. That was nice. Oh my goodness. That was very nice. That was nice. So if you enjoy this podcast, why don't you leave a rating? 
or tell a friend about it because that's what algorithms like. Five star reviews help us out. Five star reviews. One star reviews don't. They're help not us. very helpful. So that's if you true. don't like this podcast, just let me know personally. Just move along. Just move along. Just move along. Or send me a nasty email. That's fine. But if you like this podcast, leave a good review. Um, we really appreciate it. Like the video on YouTube. Yeah. Um, share yeah. it with a friend or subscribe. Any of that stuff helps us. So we appreciate it. Um, thank you for coming along with us. We'll see you next time on Timely. Oh.